1: Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's listeners like you in 181 different countries that have made Negotiate Anything the most popular negotiation and conflict resolution podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, professor, and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Before we get started, I have two quick questions for you. Is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If you answer answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Preet, thanks for joining us today.
2: Hi, Kwame. I am really glad for being here. Thank you for inviting me.
1: No, it's our pleasure. So how would you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
2: Awesome. So, hi. My name is Pritika Vasanth Kumar. Of course, you can call me Preet. I'm here from South India. And after doing my bachelor's in law from Karnataka State Law University, I decided to pursue my master's in U.S. And I chose Ohio State Law University because after doing some internships and going through WorkEx, I decided that dispute resolution would be best to focus on. And of course, Ohio State stands number one in US, which is also where I met Kwame in one of my classes.
1: Fantastic. Yes. And uh, for all of the uh, listeners out there, Preet was the model student. Whenever we needed somebody to participate, (laughs) she was there and ready to do it. So yes, it's great to have you on the show. And um, yeah, today we're going to talk about negotiations in India. I've been meaning to have cross-cultural negotiations as a topic for the show for, I don't know, four years. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so finally getting to it. And I think this is a really great opportunity for us to dig deeply into negotiation in India. And so based on our pre-interview discussions, the three things that we're going to focus on today are the fact that number one, every transaction is negotiated. Number two, the fact that religion is an important aspect in social interactions. And number three, understanding the uh, impact of long-term relationships and negotiations. So how about we get started with the first part, which is every transaction is negotiated. Can you tell us more about that?
2: Well, I would like to start by saying that it's not an exaggeration. Every transaction is negotiated in India. So let's say merchandise, vegetable, cab fares, clothes, and it's not a joke. The list is actually endless. So my understanding is that this sort of a Sort of a level of negotiation might be a little awkward and uncomfortable for most Americans, but believe you me, it's actually quite valuable and it's very normal in India. I'm going to give an example of Sabir Bhadia, the founder of Hotmail. He's a chartered accountant from Bangalore and he credited his bargaining skills that he learned in India for getting Microsoft to push its acquisition price for his company Hotmail from 160 million to 400 million that's negotiation <laughs>
1: yeah that's that's pretty significant that is pretty significant and so it seems as though negotiation is really embedded in indian society is that a fair assessment
2: that is a fair assessment in fact sabir Bhatia, when he had an interview with wired magazine he actually credited his success to the lessons that he learned by watching his family members negotiate with vegetable vendors and shopkeepers in India for getting a good price.
1: It's really interesting. So from your perspective, what are the key aspects of negotiating in India? And so what I mean by that is when it comes to the the skills or techniques or strategies that are used at the lower levels that we could see at the higher levels, what would that look like?
2: Well. Let's see. So I'm going to say Indians, most Indians, at least they try, they like to employ a very competitive, collaborative bargaining strategy. But what's very important to us is to have a long-term committed relationship with our business partners. So the focus should be given to having a very cooperative style of negotiation with your Indian counterpart. Because trust is a very key factor for them. And they really do look forward to maintaining good business relationships. So I'm going to say that's one of the tactics that I'm going to focus on is try to be cooperative. Yes, Indians are competitive and they try to get best price while they are trying to negotiate with you. But if you show to be cooperative, they would definitely come down because then it's not really about the contract anymore. It's about forming a Long business relationship with you, which kind of works in your favor. So that's where we're going to start. So, what I'm trying to say is that let's say that during a negotiation or at any stage of it, you might reach an impasse or, you know, there might be some sort of a dispute. If you show that you're friendly, you show a little bit of respect, or maybe are willing to compromise, you will see your Indian counterpart really respect that a lot and you might get a much favorable deal because of such action in India that matters a lot.
1: This is really interesting. And I, I like the perspective of blending the competitive style with the collaborative style, because I think the, the best negotiators are able to be flexible to meet the, the the demands of the situation. And so when you have been involved in these types of negotiations, what does it look like when you're seeing people blending that style effectively? How can they be so competitive while still maintaining a a solid relationship?
2: I'm going to say I'm an Indian. So most of the time I see that attribute reflect in me as well. So I'm going to say we are competitive in the sense that obviously when anybody's negotiating, they want the best deal for themselves. And as Indians, we have been trained all our lives to actually want the best deal for ourselves. So let's say that there is a clause that we feel is not working out, we might actually use that as a bargaining chip and we might come back to it and try to renegotiate or try to overthrow it with some other clause and do things like that. Either way, the deal has to come out a little bit more favorable is how Indians look at it. But let's say during the negotiation, I see my counterpart to be very cooperative and actually see them to try to look forward to or try to come to a win-win situation it just makes the Indian happy, and that's it. Then they realize that this is no longer a one-time deal. This is a long-term business relationship, and that's what we are looking for in every negotiation. So that's it. You win the deal. Everything after that is going to be win-win either side. Indians just let their guard down. It's not going to be competitive anymore.
1: That's really interesting, and and I'm trying to to um, compare that as much as possible to the, the Western style of negotiation. That I'm familiar with and it seems as though when it comes to just each element of the relationship for somebody from India all of that is negotiable and it's not a personal thing I see how this could be better I'm going to try to make it better but for some people in the west it seems as though they're a little bit conflict averse and negotiation averse and they might not feel as comfortable having those kinds of difficult conversations so they might be a little taken aback by the fact that oh, huh, why, why are they negotiating everything? Is that a fair assessment?
2: Yes, of course. If you are coming from another country and you look at an Indian, you're just going to be like, what's wrong with these people? Why are they negotiating everything? <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that's important to notice is that at least from my time out here in the US, what I have understood is that importance is given to reaching an agreement, which is like signing the contract and Concepts such as time is money, those kind of things are very common out here. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, we like to be as efficient as possible with the uh, deal-making process.
2: Right. So the key aspect of every negotiation in the U.S. is going to be to finish the negotiation in a very formal manner and as quickly as possible, even between parties that might be close, say like your friend or your family, because it's in the end still a contract, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's say your counterpart is an Asian or an Indian. I am going to say that the goal and the way they are looking at that negotiation is absolutely different. What they are looking at here is a business relationship. So let's say you are promising them to give them your product at a much cheaper rate and at a much faster pace. That's not going to help you win the contract. You really have to look forward to a long-term relationship and that's what is going to happen. And that's what's going to make you win the contract. So what I'm trying to say is that when you are going to be having a negotiation with an Indian, you are going to find it very different because at one point you're going to think they are extremely competitive with their strategy and the way they're negotiating. And just a second later, you will see them asking things like, hey, are you married? Or do you have children? Or do you follow cricket, by the way? That's how Indians like to communicate with their counterparts. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to connect. Our workshops are completely customized to reflect the specific and individual concerns faced by you and your team. Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Click the link in the description to learn more. And now, let's get back to the episode.
0: Imagine this, higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.
1: I love that. That's really, really interesting. And I can see how that would be helpful for somebody from the West in their negotiations to understand this because, like you said, it might be surprising or at sometimes off-putting but if you understand that it's not a personal type of situation or this person isn't trying to uh, take advantage of you or anything like that, this is just a, a cultural thing, then it doesn't seem as scary when it actually occurs. You recognize, oh, this is what this is how business is done here. And then you can make those adjustments and, and be more fluid and adjust to the culture.
2: Mm-hmm. That is absolutely true. Indians, at least most of them, I'm going to say, Giving you an example, a really uh, funny one is like two boys fighting. You're going to look at them fighting, you're going to think, okay, that's the end. They're going to kill each other. But the next moment, they're shaking hands and walking like nothing ever happened. That's exactly how it's going to feel while you're sitting <laughs> across the table <laughs> from an Indian.
1: That's a great example. That is a great example. And then I, I think this is a good opportunity to transition into the next point, which is the importance of religion. And from The outside looking in, its trying to understand Indian culture is a little bit overwhelming because even within India, it is incredibly diverse. So where do you even start (laughs) when it comes to wrapping your head around the culture in in general and the importance of religion?
2: Okay, I have a perfect person that I would like to quote right now. Her name is Gunjan Bakla. She's the author of doing... Business in 21st century India. It's a really good book, by the way. Anybody, you should read it. So she said that India is an ancient culture that has been around for 5,000 years. Relationship here are based on trust. It takes an investment of time to establish relationship, and it is that way because it's been that way for thousands of years. And I absolutely agree with her. This is like one of the my favorite lines from the book.
1: Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah, that and that really helps to uh, kind of give a better understanding of of where this is coming from. This isn't, uh, it's not a new thing. <laughs> this, <laughs> these, this, these cultural norms have been established for centuries, thousands, more than that, century, uh, thousands of years, right? That's fascinating. And so when it comes to religion, how, how does that play a role in business negotiations? Because in the West, they try to be as... Um, a-religious as possible. I think that's a, a, a safe way to <laughs> say it. It's kind of like in government, they talk about the separation of church and state. And a lot of times in business, we're encouraged to avoid conversations about religion, but it seems like it's different in India.
2: Well, let me actually start out by saying this. In India, as far as I know, and again, I might be wrong, even being an Indian, I believe we have 23 languages. We have around half a dozen major religion which include Hinduism, Christianity, Buddhism, Jainism, Sikhism, and just way too many, I can keep naming them. So the reason why religion plays a very important role is that even though it's India, you would really have to customize your approach based on whom you are going to be negotiating with. So let's say you go to a Punjabi-speaking Sikh who owns a machine shop, in Delhi for fixing your broken car, you are going to feel that his behavior and his approach towards negotiation is going to be extreme in front compared to a Gujarati-speaking vegetarian Jen who resides in Mumbai, who you might be doing a business deal with later on. So in the sense, what I'm trying to say is that India is a lot like Europe, you know? Bagla actually said that you wouldn't do business in Sweden the same way you would do it in Croatia, would you? it's something like that so now that being said what i would like to say is that religion does play an important role when it comes to indian culture but it doesn't affect your business per se i would say there are few things that would be like a pointer for anybody who is coming to india that is if you see if you walk into a business room and you see somebody wearing a turban or if you see somebody having ashes rubbed across their forehead or you know, having a red dot, something like that, I would say it's good to be respectful. We try to avoid doing that because, you know, it's all globalized now and it's not necessary. But some Indians are religious. They believe it's good luck and they like to approach the negotiation after praying God. So it's always nice to be respectful of your counterpart when they walk into a room looking differently than you. (laughs) So, yeah.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. And I think, again, that's something that's important for people to recognize is a a critical part of the culture. And it's something that you're going to interact with. And what I've found is that respect looks different in different scenarios. So, for instance, respect at a church is different from respect with your friends, which is different from respect on a basketball court. There are going to be things that are common between all of those things, but there are going to be slight differences in the way that you show respect. And so when it comes to respecting religions in India, what would be your advice to somebody who is new to those uh, religions and new to the culture? How What is the best way for them to show respect?
2: Okay, respect, I feel, is it differs from person to person. So what might be respectful for me might not essentially be respectful for you so i'm just gonna say on a general basis there are a few things that is not acceptable to an indian so let's say if you are sitting in a negotiation room probably consuming alcohol is going to be very disrespectful we do not that's the kind of seen as an after-party scenario so you, you definitely do not mix that in a negotiation that being said red meat is not something that Indians like to consume. And we have Muslims too, even they do not heavily favor consuming red meat. So if that's something you're going to be asking for, again, that's not going to be looked up upon, especially when it's like a business meeting lunch or something like that. So these things can be avoided. Other than that, if you're going on the street, things like that, just gonna say if you're gonna enter a hindu temple you will you'll see people try to remove their slippers before they go inside the temple that's a very common practice again we don't do that in a church i i'm not very sure how it works in a mosque i'm sorry i don't have much experience in that place but yeah if if, if you just look at people and you try to just go with the flow i think you're very safe out there there's not much use gonna get affected for you
1: that makes a lot of sense and it It sounds like if you really want to do serious business in India, it would probably be good for you to take some time and acclimatize to the culture. Spend a few days before you get into the business room just appreciating the culture and learning as much as you can while absorbing the culture in in real time. Not through just movies or books on, on Indian culture, but actually being there and observing and seeing what people do, how they act, and what they don't do. So it feels a little bit more normal when you're actually called to perform in a business scenario.
2: That's absolutely true. Actually, if you or anybody actually plans on visiting India, it's beautiful and it's so colorful. And people are nice. They're very really nice. And they you, you get to see a lot of new things, which is very different from U.S. for sure. It's going to be a nice experience. I don't want to spoil the fun for you. I'm going to say you can explore it, but that is something you should definitely look forward to.
1: Fantastic. Well, with the time that we have remaining, let's touch back on the, uh, the importance of the relationships. And we touched on this a little bit, but I want to give you an opportunity to go deeper because I know that was a segment that we wanted to explore. So let's talk a little bit more about that. We have the concepts of face value and the long-term relationship. Can you tell us a bit more about that?
2: Right. So I'm actually going to go a little bit into my experience at OSU at this point. So at least one thing that I noticed and I learned is that we have been told that it's important to determine the purpose of the negotiation for our counterpart. That actually helps us strike a deal. It makes it much easier during the negotiation. So in US, my understanding is, that for most of us, what's important during a negotiation would be to strike a deal, sign a contract. Correct me if I'm wrong again. But if you have an Indian counterpart, I think what's most important for them, I'm stressing on this a lot, is building a long-term relationship. But that's just not it. Another important thing would be, let's say, saving face value for Indians. Because Indians, they can be very goal oriented, they can be very aggressive. I'm gonna say these features are a little bit like North Americans because I have seen that. <laughs> but <laughs> but again, at the same time you'll also see Indians to be very family oriented people. They tend to ration their loyalties and affection mostly to people who they feel are close to them. So Indians would actually want to expand their networks and connect with people who they think they can really rely on. So What would be important to them would be loyalty and trust is something that's very, very important. So in a negotiation, things like not sharing information is going to be something that's going to be looked down upon. I know it's very much against a negotiation tactic to go outright and say all the information that you hold. But I'm going to say keeping something for yourself, giving out the rest to an Indian counterpart would be seen as a very generous thing. Now, that being said, I'm going to just lastly talk about this thing, which is called as face value, which is very important to Indians. So let's say that there is some sort of a clause in the contract that you don't particularly agree with or you might feel is not in favor of your company. Going to an Indian and saying that this is unreasonable, I don't accept this is just going to be bad. They are not going to agree that sort of um, attitude and it actually might lead to killing the contract. What you can do is highlight those things and you can make a better approach by saying this is good. But, you know, X or Y might actually be much better out here. If you tend to approach them with this sort of an attitude, they're going to like that even more. And it actually increases your chances of getting a much more generous deal than what they might have actually thought about. because you actually helped them save face and you made it a win-win for both of you. So that's something that they are looking forward to. And there you go. That's how you become the winner.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting because I think that's something that we can take in general when it comes to negotiations, how you put up those barriers that are very real, but you do it in a way that allows your negotiation partner to save face. One of our previous guests, Mike Macchiarelli, has a a blog all about saving face, and he went deep into the concept of saving face. And I think that's even more important in cross-cultural negotiations, where there might be inadvertent instances of disrespect simply due to ignorance, where you're not familiar with the culture. And providing the other side an opportunity to save face throughout the the interaction is going to do uh, an incredible amount of good for the relationship, which, as we now know, is important in negotiations in in Indian culture. And so going back to the way that you kind of push back on those clauses that might not be favorable to you, I I really liked the way that you phrased that. And can you go a little bit deeper on why the being mindful of of the phrasing is going to be important and and what other things we can keep in mind about it?
2: Sure, of course. Yes. So right, like I said before, Indians are actually very aggressive while they negotiate and I think anybody who has had an interaction with an Indian can understand how competitive they can actually get during their negotiations. So what I'm asking would seem unreasonable to most of them who have had the experience. But let's say you're calm and you think about it once and you approach it that way. I'm going to say that would be the best way to handle somebody who is going to be that aggressive with you in the negotiation. So rephrasing something which might not really be it might not even seem important to you but just rephrasing it in a more kind or in a more favorable way for the other party to consider might actually make it seem like you're giving them that due respect that they need i think that helps the cause that's what would actually help with the negotiation in in my opinion at least As far as I know Indians, I could again be wrong. This is for most of us. So,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, no, I think this helps because no culture is a monolith and um, there there are going to be differences everywhere. But this does an incredible amount of good for the majority of listeners who are not in India when it comes to negotiating with people in India. And now we're digitally and virtually connected. So that's more of a reality. And uh, Indians are all over the globe and so i think it'll help us to empathize and understand where they're coming from in these difficult conversations and negotiations we have with our, our friends who are from india so this this is incredibly helpful and we appreciate it i i wish we could talk longer <laughs> about mm-hmm. this we'll definitely have you back on to go deeper into this but before you go i want to give you the opportunity to to let the listeners know again what what's next for you and how they can keep in touch and And if you have any parting words as as well.
2: Well, actually, before I end, I would like to say something that would help people across the globe to understand Indians. I'm going to say Indians are an uncommon blend of, say, innovative thinking, business minded aggression, and they are very comfortable with numbers. Also stressing Mm. that the last part, comfort with numbers, doesn't apply to me. I'm really bad at math. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's funny. Well, you're a lawyer. So, I mean. That's that's kind of our lawyer culture. <laughs> we kind of <laughs> struggle in that regard.
2: Yep. That but, that being said, I'm actually completing my master's this May, and I am moving to Austin, Texas, and I'll hopefully be looking for some jobs. And I know COVID nineteen has made it a little hard, but let's look towards the brighter side. I'm pretty sure something could should turn up.
1: <laughs> fantastic. Well, yes, going to the uh, law school with the top ranked. Negotiation and conflict resolution program in the country should help your odds when it comes <laughs> to it. And so, listeners, if you know of any opportunities for somebody with this diverse and high level background, reach out to Preet. Her contact information and LinkedIn information is going to be in the description. So, hopefully, some of you connect with her. And Preet, thank you again for coming on the show. This has been really great.
2: I just want to say thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to talk with you and share some of my experience and insights with you. It's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you, Kwame. Words cannot express how awesome this felt.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. Congratulations! You've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard! What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show